Hello and welcome to another beautiful Friday. This I'm speaking for him. This is Dan Van Zalen and here's Andrew Gomison. Hello, Dan. It's great to be with you and I am excited to be to be introducing a new series here on the Speaking for Him podcast. I've been doing a lot of thinking, Dan, about the questions that Jesus asks. Ooh. Um, and the, one of the things I really like about the way Jesus asks questions is he very rarely would ask the yes or no question. They're there if you look, but often he would ask a more open-ended question because, and, and the interesting thing about that was he employed that strategy even though he always knew the answers, but he wanted relationship with people. And he's a good teacher. And he's a good teacher. So he wanted to draw people out of themselves. So we're going to look at some of the questions that Jesus asked. And then over the next few weeks, we'll look at each question individually, hopefully in a little bit more detail. So start with a quote of the day. And then said Jesus unto the twelve, will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. John 6, 67 through 69. Uh, yes. And so I really like this question. And really this um, really is the one of the impetuses behind speaking for him. Because if we were just talking about um, man-made philosophy, there wouldn't be much to talk about on this podcast. But the reason that anything on this power ca- podcast has, I said power cast. I noticed. <laughs> uh, and the, the reason that anything on this podcast has power, excuse me, is because power comes through the, the Holy Spirit and through a relationship with Jesus. And that's why my motto is speaking for him who spoke for me because he spoke into my life and now he gives me the opportunity to speak into other people's lives through this podcast. Um, so... The first question that we will be examining is, who do you say that I am? He saith unto him, but whom do you say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Matthew sixteen fifteen through 16. If you look at throughout scripture, there are, there were many opinions about who Jesus was. Some people just called him Joseph's son, the carpenter's son. Some people called him Elias. Uh, Herod at one point thought that he was John the Baptist, come back from the dead, <laughs> uh, which is ironic given the fact that he would later rise from the dead himself. It has been a trick since they're almost the same age too. Yeah, because um, John was about three months older than him. So uh, the interesting thing is though that, that that question is one of the key questions that we can ever ask because who – we believe Jesus is, has all the different, makes all the difference in the world for our eternity. Do you have any thoughts? Well, I was thinking, um, when Judas, um, had the soldiers corner Jesus in the garden, they asked him, are you Jesus? And all he, re- all he responds is, I am. That's it. He just says, I am. And then everyone falls onto their face, basically. <laughs> and so he doesn't even have to say the name that he was given to him on earth. As long as just saying who he is in truth is enough to make everyone fall flat, even if they don't believe. Yeah. The amazing thing about that passage is that he's invoking the name of God in the old Testament, which is the God that the leaders that were trying to corner him were always 
saying that they followed. They said, we are, uh, we serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jesus is saying, I am. <laughs> yeah, he That's says, exactly I am. exactly who I am. So. And even the Roman soldiers who had no reason to like him and were trying to arrest him and had every reason to kill him if he resisted, fall flat and are kind of scared. Obviously. I'm, from a human perspective, I'm sitting there thinking sometimes when I read that, I'm like, so why did they go through with it? <laughs> like, why did they uh, arrest him anyway after going through that traumatic experience? It kind of blows my mind in a way. Well, I could say the simple answer would be soldiers disciplined, but uh, if they hadn't, they would have been killed. That's true. That's true. They had responsibilities. They had responsibilities, and but God I, wanted them to arrest Jesus too. So I, well, yeah, absolutely. God's will was done, but I, I have to wonder if it changed any of their outlook, um, especially Malchus. Who got his ear cut off and then Jesus put it back. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure several of them are far more open to the uh, apostles' message later. All right. Okay. The second question that we're going to talk about is who is greater, the one seated at a table or the one who serves? But ye shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger. And he that is chief, as he that doth serve. For whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat, or he that serveth? Is it not he that sitteth at meat? But I am among you as he that serveth. Luke twenty two twenty six through 27. So Jesus really flips uh, the, the typical paradigm on its head, because most leaders of the day, or even of today, they exist to be to be served. You know, they they command as much respect as they can. Mm-hmm. They they have all the best of everything, and he is famous for saying, "I have nowhere to lay my head." You know, he was the antithesis of uh, leadership as the world understood it, mm-hmm. um, because he was telling them that if you want to lead, then serve, and. That's different than what we typically think of, but he showed it to the end because it's his very act is the his greatest act of service was the cross. Yep. And then rising from the dead on the third day to prove that it was an acceptable sacrifice. Indeed. But, but what a, what an amazing uh, track record of service. It, when we start to think that we deserve to be served, it, it's good for us to go back to the Bible and look at Jesus and see what he really said about serving. Yep. And uh, I'm probably wrong, but I think maybe our government was the first one that the office tried to do that, and it's kind of failed since. But yeah, I, definitely, I remember the early presidents did a lot of their own stuff. I definitely agree with you there. I think the purpose, the the picture that the founding fathers painted for our society was one of servant leadership. They did not envision full-time legislature. They did not envision um, the legislature being among the richest people in the country. Yep. Or you know that they would that it would be a celebrity position. I don't think they ever anticipated that. But no. they. But then again, they also didn't anticipate twenty-four-seven news cycles either. <laughs> yeah, those so, tend to uh, uh, bloat be, things because everything. On the news now, you don't have to wait till morning to release it because you have a 24-hour news channel. So if it happens at midnight, you can release it at 12.05, you know, as soon as you can get a van out there or whatever. I feel bad for, like, 
people like President Trump who are actually in leadership positions trying to do their job, but then you have the media buzzing around. Yeah, I do oh, too, although I will be the first to admit that he doesn't do himself any favors with the way no. he conducts himself. Uh, you know, no, his infamous there, tweets. There, even if you're saying the right thing, there are right ways and wrong ways to say it, and often he chooses the wrong way. Let's just put it that way. Um, yep. the, the third question that I have here is, what are you discussing as you walk along? And he said unto them, what manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And the one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been which he wit, had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women are also, also of our company made us astonished, which were earlier at the sepulchre. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the, uh, the sepulcher. 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 Uh, Thank you. I have not actually said that word the, ever before. The new English version, the new English way to say that. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. And found it even so as the woman had said, but him they saw not. And he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things, and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Luke twenty four seventeen through 27. I should have just said tomb. <laughs> the, the, well, uh, as a little bit of an aside, one of my friends once said, if you can't pronounce something in the Bible, just say Jerusalem and it will work out fine. <laughs> <laughs> There's but, a certain amount of truth to that. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I was thinking about cutting this passage, but it happens to be one of my favorite passages and one of my favorite stories. And I, and I love the fact that he, he's preaching the things concerning himself and he and it says he began with Moses because the Pharisees are always saying we're Moses' disciples. And he's like, if you were Moses' disciples, then you would believe me because this is Moses, what Moses, te- said. Moses testified of me. So, um, so it's just interesting. And it's also interesting that Jesus can get away with calling somebody a fool and not making them th- feel you know, totally foolish about it because even though he said you fools, they still continue to walk along with him. They didn't like run away the other way. I tend to think he said it like I said, Oh fools. Yeah. Fond. That fond. Oh brother. (laughs) The other thing that's kind of interesting from this passage, and we'll talk about it more when we get to the episode is the fact that it seems like there's at least three times in the, in the scriptures after he rises from the dead, where he doesn't make himself known to the people he loves right away. Like yep. he kind of blinds their eyes and then gradually reveals himself, which I think is very interesting that he would choose to do that. Maybe he was uh, helping to save them 
if they had a potential heart condition or, or maybe it was just, you know, again, the, the situation of wanting to draw them out and teach them a lesson, kind of yep. like we talked about at the beginning of the show. I couldn't make a guess. All right. And let's see. We have two more questions. Two more. And the next one is, do you want to be well? When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. John 5, 6-9. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this passage? I'm uh, calling him the impotent man. Uh, it's a little bit um, strange today, I guess. But yeah, it took me a little bit to remember that this is the guy who couldn't walk. But uh, I also remember, or I also noticed that it specifies that it was the Sabbath day, which um, some people kind of read and kind of pass on by. But that meant that Jesus wasn't supposed to be healing anybody, according to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But he did. And I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, they they totally missed the point of, of Sabbath rest laws. God never yeah. said when he made Sabbath rest laws, you're not supposed to help your fellow man. That is that is literally the opposite of what he intends. Yeah. You know, he wants us to help others. And hopefully on the Sabbath of all days, or for us as Protestants on Sunday. Because we choose uh, we, to do it the day after the Sabbath. We, uh, we use the change in our routine and the, Hopefully not as busyness to help others. Yep. So I think, I think it's actually a gift that allows us to help others rather than something to be avoided, which the Pharisees were, were good at claiming. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. And if you look a little further in the passage, one of the interesting things about this is that Jesus heals him, tells him to take up his bed and go home. And then later, he sees him again and he says, um, go and sin no more lest a worse thing befall you. So it almost gives you the impression that the reason he couldn't walk was because of something foolish that he did. And Jesus was saying, don't do this again. Yeah, maybe he had an accident. So I don't know exactly what it is referring to, but I find it interesting because there's very few places where he follows up with something like that. Yep. But it's kind of significant for that reason. And then finally, do you love me? So when they had dined, Jesus saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. 
he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved, because he had said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. John twenty-one fifteen through 17. I, I love this uh, passage because it really shows the heart of Jesus for redemption. Yep. Because Peter had denied knowing Jesus three times. And then or was Jesus, going to, rather. And then Jesus uh, gave him the opportunity to affirm Jesus as much as he did not, as many times as he denied him. So I really appreciate that passage. And then he gave him his charge. He continued to say, Hey, Peter, I'm going to use you. Yep. So do the things that I have for you to do. Don't allow yourself to mope or feel bad about the past. Press on to the future. So I really like this passage and. We'll have fun delving a little bit more into that question I always think as it's, well. I always think it's important to remind people that when Jesus said, uh, do you love me or lovest thou me? He was saying, do you agape me? Do you love me unconditionally? And Peter's response is generally speaking, yes, Lord, I feel you. I love you as a brother. You know. Uh, I, well, I've, I've heard it taught that, and I'd have to look up the Greek words, but I've heard it taught that as he gets to the third time, then he realizes that what Jesus is talking about is agape love. And so a, as the progression goes, he starts to get it. But yes, in the beginning, he's thinking about it much more limited than what God. He's thinking like kind of it. personal, person to person, because he's talking to Jesus. And if I remember right, this is before the crucifixion, or maybe not this particular No, no this, is, this is after the crucifixion, when he appears on the shore of the Sea of Galilee and gives Another them breakfast. <laughs> and Peter had, had said, it's the Lord, and swam out to him. And so Jesus is appearing after the resurrection. That's why I said he gets an opportunity to affirm uh, his love for Jesus after failing him so miserably three days before. So I, yep. I really appreciate that about this passage. I'm oh, looking yeah. forward to digging in a little bit more, uh, into these questions over the next few weeks with Dan. And if anybody has any insight and would like to, um, uh, come into the studio and help and help us talk about these things, you're more than welcome to. We'll try to keep you updated on Facebook. That's usually where I hang out to uh, let you know when those recordings are coming up. And also, even if you don't have time to join us in studio, you can leave a voicemail message at my blog um, with any insights on any podcast topic, actually. Or while I'm talking about it, any ideas for future podcasts. Um, I'm starting to noodle our holiday podcasts so um I'm getting excited, but I need to figure out what direction we're going. So if you have any insight on that, feel free to drop a line, and we would be glad to take your input that way too. Well, I think that's all that I have time for today. So I will just say, have a great weekend, and keep serving the best of masters. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.